Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 1514, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. This episode is brought to you in part by The Gospel for Disordered Lives, a new book from B&H Publishing, authored by Kristen Kellen, Rob Green, and Robert Jones. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 1514. It is a pleasure to have you as our audience. We are in the midst of our Building Bridges campaign, which is our 2021 fall to year-end giving campaign. And we are focused this year specifically on building up our recurring monthly donor base. We get gifts all the time, special gifts, recurring gifts, and they are all necessary to help us move forward in our ministry. But recurring monthly gifts that are dependable and reliable help us budget, help us plan, for the future, and we are working on building up that base this year. Our goal between September 15th and December 31st is to build up $3,200 a month in recurring giving. We're at about $600 a month, so we're about a fifth of the way through that goal. If my math is right, if it's not, I apologize. I'm not a mathematician. I'm a biblical counselor, and those don't always go hand in hand. Uh, but that's that's the progress that we've made so far. So this last phase, our future phase, we're really going to need to put some effort in to build up the rest of that that goal. So if you have not become a regular recurring giver, either as a donor or a partner, I encourage you to jump online at biblicalcounselingcoalition.org, click on the donate button and read the distinction between partners and donors and sign up to give recurring gifts today. We are entering into the future phase of our campaign. We took about a month at the beginning of the Building Bridges campaign and looked at the last 11 years of the BCC. And then we had a section in the middle where we were looking at and talking about things that are ongoing and current in our present phase. Now we're entering into the future phase where we're looking ahead to see what opportunities the Lord might have for us, some objectives and goals that we have, some desires that we would like to achieve, and also introduce you to some new leaders in the biblical counseling movement. Today's guest is somebody who is both going to be a a leader into the future of biblical counseling, but also brings a fresh idea to the biblical counseling movement. I'm interviewing Angela Shelton, who is the founder of a ministry called Connection Point Ministry in Charleston, Georgia. And Angela and her team bought a house near the town square where they are and have turned it into a a connection place where people can come in off the street, grab coffee, get a book, sit down, have a conversation, or sign up to get ongoing recurring uh, biblical counseling. I had a wonderful conversation with her, and I was encouraged by both her winsome and her wisdom uh, and her business sense. And so we went ahead and recorded an after show talking about the business side of things because I know that's something that we as biblical counselors are not always the sharpest on. So Angela got a a BA in psychology from Auburn University and then an MA in counseling from uh, Westminster Theological Seminary and is currently pursuing a PhD in biblical counseling at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. So I hope you are encouraged by... Our conversation, I hope that it sparks some interest and some ideas in your mind and some creativity in how you can take the gifting and the calling of biblical counseling and apply it in a variety of different ways. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode and come back for more. All right, Angela, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? 
Sure. I'm Angela Shelton. I've been married to Brad for 28 years. Ten phenomenal people call me mom and two adorable little people call me Mimi. As a biblical counselor, I work with many different issues, but I have a particular burden for walking alongside adults who are struggling with the aftermath of sexual abuse and have a passion for helping the church and other biblical counselors learn how to engage this issue well. I'm currently working on my PhD in biblical counseling at Southern Seminary and plan to make this the focus of my dissertation. In my newest role, I'm the founder and executive director of Connection Point Biblical Counseling and Training Center. Well, that's fantastic, and thanks for telling everybody about that. We could have a whole conversation about your your dissertation research and that kind of thing, but today we're here to talk about Connection Point, uh, and we we had the chance we've met in the past, but had the chance to connect at CCF, and you're telling me about this. Um, really unique ministry opportunity. So why don't you tell our audience what, uh, tell us about Connection Point. Describe so describe that ministry to everyone. Yeah, Connection Point is a freestanding biblical counseling center in the community of Covington, Georgia, where I live. Uh, our heart's desire is to facilitate and foster healthy relationships while sim- simultaneously strengthening the bond that's between churches and their members. Um, We know that some of the most significant pain in life comes from being disconnected. This could be from a broken marriage, an estranged child, conflict with people who just mean a lot to you, or it could be from deep loneliness. If we've learned anything at all in the last 20 months, it's that we're not meant to live in isolation. But ultimately, our greatest suffering is the separation that we have from God. Um, We just consider it a high privilege to walk alongside others in their pain, their loneliness, their confusion, and help them connect the pieces of their lives one relationship at a time. But Connection Point is more than just a counseling center. It's really a place to just come and gather in a community of people who love and care for you. Um, It's a place you can come in for conversation and just connection with others. And, And I'll tell you a little bit about more what that looks like in a little bit. Yeah, because what you the way you've set it up and everything is very different. That when people hear freestanding counseling center, they think of you know still people coming in, scheduling appointments, and all that kind of stuff. But what you're doing is is pretty different. So what what all is involved in the ministry at Connection Point? Yeah, so currently we have four counselors. There are four of us. Um, we hope to add more counselors really soon. But our counselors do more than counsel. So Connection Point is the kind of place where if you just want to come in and really just be in the presence of other people, we welcome you to come in, have a cup of coffee with us, grab a book off of our shelves, have a seat, make yourself at home. If we're free, we'll sit and talk to you. If not, hopefully there are others gathered that you can speak with. We have... um, support groups for different things. We're going to do some book clubs. We're going to do some Bible studies. Um, we, we have a lot of different levels of engagement that you can come in and you can connect where you're comfortable. Yeah, it really, I mean, it, you basically bought a house in the middle of a neighborhood <laughs> and just kind of opened it up for people, right? To come on in whenever off the street, like you said, grab a cup of coffee, grab a book, have a conversation, or sit down for some more, you know, in-depth uh, counsel and conversation. What what led you and your team to pursue that 
this kind of ministry outlet? Yeah, that's a good question. So I, I, you know, I think ideally counseling should always be in the church, but I just know from my experience in biblical counseling, when I, when I was counseling in my church, there was a, there was a really big reluctance for a lot of people to step into that. And even the people that did come in, some weren't very comfortable. And so I've had this vision of, you know, sometimes we have to go out in the byways of life and we have to meet people where they are and invite them in. And I wanted an atmosphere where people could relax, where they would feel at home, they would feel loved. And so, yes, we we have this beautiful 1904 home with a huge wraparound porch. It's just a couple of blocks off of our town square, which is very busy, a lot of people there. And we have been blown away by the, the people in the community who literally saw our sign and stopped in or called and said, who are you and what are you doing? <laughs> and have come in. And we have been so excited for that response. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about that response. Uh, obviously, the, the sign has brought in some people, but you've had some you know, events and other things like that. What's the response been like broadly in the community towards what you're doing? Yes, yeah, so we had a soft start in August where we officially opened our doors, but we didn't have our official ribbon cutting and open house until September. And uh, when I made our business plan, I really expected it to take until January before we started seeing people who weren't personally connected to us. But that has not been the case at all. So far, we've had 58 different people come in for counseling um, that we did not know that saw our sign or that were referred here. Someone else, we have 12 people that are coming in for grief share. And again, none of these are our personal friends or acquaintances. We've had six different churches refer people to us already. And the response has just been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I had an open house for pastors very early on where I tried to explain our model and explain what we were doing. And they were very excited and have been so encouraging. And they've come in and they've sent people in. And it's really been, uh, it, it has been encouraging to me to see that you can put up a sign that says biblical counseling, and we're getting all kinds of people that are coming in. And there are many people who are not believers at all. And I say, what made you, what made you get, you know, the nerve to come into here? And, and so many have said, I've been in counseling all my life or for many years, I've never tried biblical counseling. I've never tried anything Christian, and I thought I would give it a try. Mm. Wow. Praise the Lord for those opportunities. That's really that's really encouraging to hear. You know, he's going to—he will draw his people to himself. So you mentioned a few churches uh, sending people to you and pastors who are really excited. And, and like you said at the beginning—or earlier— uh, you really believe the best care is going to take place in the local church. Um, how how are you working with the, the churches, uh, making sure people are connecting to the churches, um, going back there, that that kind of thing? What does that look like for, for Connection Point? Yeah, and I think this is where our model is probably the most unique because we're not located in a church, but Every person that comes in here, our goal is 
to get them more connected and engaged in ministry in their home church. And if they're not in a church to immediately get them plugged in. So I really had to brainstorm, like, how can I do that when I'm not in a church? And I know that the best incentive for most people is money. And so we offer a discount, 20% discount. If you agree to come as a church partner and coming as a church partner, means that you get the discount, but you're also giving us permission to go to your pastor and say, hey, we just wanted to let you know that Susan is coming in here for counseling and we're working with her on anxiety or on depression or whatever the case may be. And it's a very, um, you know, 30,000 foot kind of update. But by doing that, we're alerting the pastor that, you have someone that is struggling in your congregation and they need a little bit of extra love and care right now. And we're able to keep them updated on, on how that person's doing so that they can love them well without sacrificing an hour of their week every week with the same person. They can focus on public ministry of the word, which is what they're called to do. And we can carefully walk alongside with personal ministry of the word and and help bridge that gap for them. And, and they feel loved by their church when that happens, because sometimes we're hoping that churches are going to partner even more and contribute some to their counseling, which is, I think being the hands and feet of Christ and, and loving that member even, even better. Um, But not only that, because we spend so much time one-on-one with people, we really get to see what their unique gifting is, what their passion is. And so I'm hoping that I'll be able to take that back to churches and say, hey, I really think that this ministry would be great for her. I think she would thrive. I think she would do well. And I think it would do her heart good. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. That's good to hear. The Gospel of Jesus Christ, the heartbeat of the Bible, brings life-changing hope and power to real people with real problems. Inspired by that conviction, the Gospel for Disordered Lives provides an introductory guide to the theory and practice of Christ-centered biblical counseling, intended to serve as foundational textbook for students in Christian colleges, universities, seminaries, and graduate schools. The book also provides a useful overview that working counselors can reference in their ministry context. Additionally, it can serve pastors and current counseling practitioners as a helpful refresher and a resource for common counseling problems. I love this new textbook. I'm going to use it in my training, and I hope you will too. On your website, you also talk about offering biblical counseling training. Um, is and I always think of with churches when I bring when I have somebody come to me who's not from my church or from a you know some other place. I'd love to have somebody from their local church come and sit in with them uh, just kind of as a building that relationship, but it also turns into de facto training (laughs) in a sense. What are, uh, what are, what are some of the training opportunities that people have and are maybe some of these pastors or churches that are referring people to you guys now um, looking to grow in their own ability to offer that kind of care within their churches or. How's that work? Yes, we've just implemented something very similar here, and I've only done it a couple of times, but the the response, again, has been really good. We had a person come in, and I explained our model. I explained our church partnership program. She said, I'm not 
going to a church right now. I know that I need to, um, but I'm, I haven't been in church in years. And I said, I tell you what, why don't we do this? I will give you the church partner discount if you will agree to work with me on a sincere effort to find a church for you. And I said, what do you think about this? What do you think about, you know, I had a church in mind and had a particular person in mind who was spiritually mature. And I said, what if I introduce you to this person and you start going to church with her and occasionally you let her come in the counseling room with you. Then she understands your issue well. And she said, I would love that. And so that's what we did. And she's been going to church with her. And now she has someone outside of the counseling center that she can also talk to. That's also going to point her to Christ. And so I want to implement that broadly. And I want to start doing that with everyone that comes in. Right now, we have 12 different churches represented with our clients. And I would love for each one of them to bring someone who is more spiritually mature than they are, a little bit farther along the road, to come in, to hear part of their story, to know how to love them well. And then from that, um, we've also just been recently approved as a training center for the Association of Biblical Counselors. So we're going to start that training in March. It's going to be pretty intensive. It's going to be eight months long. We will meet uh, once a month on Saturdays from eight to noon. And we'll do the certification that they have, but we will add to that. We're going to supplement that. And so I'm hoping that some of these advocates will, will get excited about biblical counseling and will want to come in and get certified and when that begins to happen and you have biblical counselors in all of the churches in the area, that's really exciting to yeah. me. No, that's fantastic. And that's the equip to care curriculum that they do that you'll be taking everybody through. Is that, I think yes. I remember that, <laughs> right? And then yes. supplementing mm-hmm. with your own stuff and doing a PhD helps, helps you do that for sure. Um, that's yeah, that's really encouraging. I appreciate you sharing to her response to that idea because um, I use I, I actually require my counselees to bring what I call an ally from their church or if they're not in a church to find a uh, somebody who's spiritually mature who will do that with them. And when I tell people that or when I talk about that in training or in classes, uh, people always ask. Oh, aren't people nervous about that? Or aren't they resistant to that? Or, and you know, yeah, occasionally, you know, people are coming. They want to maintain a level of confidentiality, but more, more often than not, I've never gotten any pushback. And like you said, there, uh, they they actually really do crave genuine relationship and fellowship, and and I think it adds to and makes it a little bit easier to transition them out of formal counseling because they're not dependent on you as the counselor and they, they have, they've got kind of a, a relationship of somebody who already knows them, sees them regularly, those kind of things. So, uh, yeah, that's a good, this is another great testimony to the body, uh, building each other up and bearing each other's burdens. Um, so what are some of the, you already mentioned some of the unique aspects of the ministry. What are some of the unique benefits that come from doing ministry in this way? Yeah, I I think the word that comes to mind is just intentionality. You know, as Christians, we're all called to bear one another's burdens. And 
We all desire to do that. We want to do that. But I think we get caught up in the busyness of our own life. And if you don't set aside to do it intentionally, it's harder to do. And so having a dedicated biblical counseling center that exists for the sole purpose of loving others well through personal ministry of the word and training others to do the same, I think it just speaks volumes to a lost and broken world. They, they say, why are you here? Why are you doing this? And it's just an opportunity for us to give our testimony and to talk about how glorious the Lord is and what he's doing in the lives of people. And, you know, I think at the same time, um, you know, being intentional about coming alongside pastors and helping them bear the burdens of their flock, uh, being a resource for them. They feel a little bit over their head. They're not trained for some of the issues that come to them. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to send people. And, you know, sometimes they know I, I don't have the time, their training to invest in this person. And they end up really just pulling out the Rolodex and calling whoever the licensed counselor is in, in town. And they may or may not be a believer, but to know that. There are people here who are going to undergird what I am doing in the church and not undermine it. It is huge. So being intentional about that, um, it frees them to be able to do what, what they're called to do and also helps them to bring other people alongside who, who can learn the same skills. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm sure the, 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 just being a home front near downtown and the walk-in, that kind of thing just adds a a level of, I don't know, adds something to the community and to the neighborhood there that wouldn't exist without it and, and that, those walk-ins. So would you, have you ever, uh, what's it like to walk out of the counseling room and just see strangers hanging out <laughs> in this house, <laughs> drinking coffee, chit-chatting? I mean, what's, how's that been for you? Well, to be completely honest, it's a little bit unnerving because we're we're in a really small community and sometimes my back-to-back appointments know each other and I know that they know each other, but they don't know that the other one is here and I'm faced with a dilemma. Do I send one of them out the back door? Are they going to be okay with this? But it's usually just kind of a, a lighthearted moment where they look at each other and go, oh, you're here. Hi, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, and in some ways, you know, I'm really trying to normalize it that we all struggle. We all have problems. We all need help. And there's nothing wrong with going to a fellow believer and asking them to walk along alongside you when you're suffering. And so... You know, I'm really hoping too that because it's the kind of place where you you can just come in that you don't have to hang your head because you could be walking in our building for any number of things. And so if you meander your way back to the counseling room, maybe it's a little bit more casual than walking in to something that's just a counseling center. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned the grief share and other other things like that. What um, that's already going, but what are some of the other things that you hope to add to the ministry as it goes along? 
Yeah, so we really want to do a lot of community events where we invite all ages and different walks of life in here to get to know each other on a, on a casual level. We've already done, we hosted the Social Dilemma and just had some discussion. That was our first event. We had over 25 people come, so it was really exciting. So we want to do a lot more things like that and bring some speakers in on kind of some hot topic issues and just start a conversation uh, get two different viewpoints to to be able to talk to each other in a civil manner. I think that's such a big need today. Um, yeah, but we also want to offer some book clubs for some some really great books, some fun books, but some really deep books as well. Um, I want to do a lot more support groups. One one support group that I'm really excited about doing that a, a lot of people think I'm crazy is I really want to offer a support group for people who suffer with social anxiety. It's such a it's such a big thing with teens right now and COVID just made it a thousand times worse. But to teach them, no, you you really can do this. And you know, you're not alone in your struggle. But I, I think that would be a lot of fun and a really big challenge. Um, but I'm excited about that. We want to do some Bible studies and you know, I am always up for the next great idea. So I'm I'm hoping that other people have other suggestions of things that they want to add to that as well. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, what are some of the we talked about some of the benefits of doing ministry in this way? What are some of the challenges that you've run into? Well, believe it or not, we haven't faced any significant challenges yet. Uh, there have been, you know, the burdens of just nonprofit formation and governance, but those are typical and predictable. So not a challenge as much as a chore. Um, but I do see a few challenges on the horizon that I know we're going to have to face really soon. Um, <clears throat> because we're not associated with the church, we do have a statement of faith. But our theology is, um, we're very consistent within. And, but because we're a freestanding community, we warmly welcome everyone from the community. And you do not have to share our theology at all to come in for counseling. And many don't. And it's a thrill to see unbelievers come into a biblical counseling center and ask for help. But when it comes to our partner churches, you know, we need to stand on common ground and so one challenge is just going to be trying to decide where our theological differences are okay and where we're just too far apart to partner. And so those are some conversations that are happening, and that's going to be one of our biggest challenges. Another challenge I foresee is finding other biblical counselors who share our theology and our philosophy of counseling and who want to live in Covington, Georgia, and work with us so this is the one that probably keeps me on my knees the most because I, I really see the importance of that consistency. We need to say the same thing. We, we need to be united in, in what we believe and the message that we're giving to others that come in. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. Obviously, the Biblical Counseling Coalition, that's a big part of what we do. And as we've all experienced in the last 20 months, that's a hard it's, it can be challenging. It can be hard, even among Christians. So we'll definitely pray for you in that as well. Uh, so what are some ways that people could get involved in helping your ministry? You mentioned, obviously, anybody who wants to move, any 
biblical counselors want to move to Covington, Georgia. Uh, if there's anybody listening who wants to do that, how would they connect with you? And then what are some other ways that people could help the ministry? Yes. Well, I, you know, I joke about that only half-heartedly because we are launching um, an internship program at the beginning of the year, and it's going to be pretty intensive. It's going to be a nine-month commitment. You will, you will need to live here to do it, but we're providing your housing for you. Um, we're going to supervise counseling. You will be a part of our certification program. You'll learn everything there is to know about running a nonprofit. And so it, it is a great opportunity for someone who already has a master's degree in counseling, who wants to come in and just get some supervision and some experience, and who maybe has some dreams about doing something like this in their in their town. Um, but some other ways that, you know, we earnestly desire your prayers God's presence and blessing is our greatest need in what we do. And so we just pray that, you know, God would would grant us wisdom as well as unity in what we're doing. Um, but if you happen to live near Covington, Georgia, we do need volunteers. So welcome folks in as they come in and have meaningful, meaningful conversations. Um, occasionally, we're all in a counseling room and our doors open and, you know, we want someone there to welcome people who who just come in and are just curious and want to know about what we do. Um, and obviously, you know, this task that we've undertaken is is big and it's expensive. Um, we've seen several people re- recently who are just in dire straits um, who cannot pay a penny for counseling right now. Uh, we have some women that have come in that are fleeing abusive husbands and their husbands have completely cut them off financially. We are committed to seeing everyone despite their situation, um, regardless of their ability to pay. But we need other people to help bear these sisters up and and to help support us in our efforts to love them well. Um so we're in this early growth phase. It's going to be a while before we're to the point where we're financially solvent without donations. And so we're praying for some monthly donors to make it possible to continue doing what we do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I know the nonprofit world pretty well, and it's a, it's a challenge. Uh, but people do, the Lord provides, and people do love to, to give to ministries that are helping people. So uh, if people want to connect with you, want to give, what, where can they go to find that information? Yes, our website is connectionpointcounseling.org. And so we would love for you to go on there and, um, you know, shoot us an email, give us a call. Our phone is ringing a lot. A lot of people have, have gone back to the phone, which surprises me and thrills me at the same time. Yeah, no, that's good. One of the thing, uh, one of the things that, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you and to to put this episode out on the podcast is because I think it's helpful to for us to think creatively about how we can exercise the gifting that God has given us. And um, there's obviously nothing wrong with, and we will continue to have uh, people in churches or meeting with people once a week, caring for their needs, that kind of thing. But you you've just been really creative and in, in coming up with different ways of doing that. Um, partially I, th- I want to do that. Want to encourage people with that so that 
more care gets out there, more scripture gets out there, it's an opportunity to evangelize, but also creating jobs for all these people we're training in biblical counseling. You know, I'm on a, an academic campus where we have uh, undergraduate through PhD, pe- you know, people studying. Uh, and those people want to go out and work and, and survive and pay for their families. Um, so thank you for, for what you're doing and the creativity that you're exhibiting there and your obvious entrepreneurial spirit. Um, what advice, encouragement, uh, warnings maybe would you give to someone who thinks, man, that's a great idea. I can't, I don't live in Charleston, Georgia, but I'd love to have something like that where I am. And uh, what would you say? Well, I would say gather a, a team of people around you who share your passion, but have different skill sets than you and take the time to actually write out a business plan and to set achievable goals before you start, gather a lot of support. And, and by this, I mean, I mean, prayer support, I mean, financial support, I mean, pastoral support from area churches. Um, take the time to assess the needs of your community before you make your plan for moving forward. Sometimes we have an idea of what we want to do, but it doesn't necessarily match the needs around us. And so find the intersection of those two things. And that's where you should press in. Um, I had someone give me some really good advice that said, find like-minded counselors before you begin. God will bring the money. He's going to bring the money. Don't worry about that. That's where everyone focuses. Worry about your manpower. And that that is proven to be really good, wise counsel from a friend. Um, but once you've all done all of that, move forward in faith and just don't don't get discouraged. Just don't give up. Keep going. You're going to be tempted to just keep going. Yeah, <laughs> life is hard. It's going to be, it's going to be. So um, be aware. Well, Angela, thanks so much for for talking with us. We're wrapping our down down to the wire on our time. So I'm going to transition to our two minute favorite segment. Uh, if you have time, I'd love to talk to you more about the the business side and helping people think about that in our in our 1514 after show, which I'm completely throwing a, a curveball to you right here. So we can talk about that after and BCC partners can look for that on our new uh, brand new BCC partner portal. Um, so two minute favorites. Are you ready for this? Sure. All right. What is your favorite food? Uh, Does chocolate cake count? Absolutely. What is your favorite color? Yellow. What is your favorite sport? Uh, I'm really bad. I really don't like sports. If I had to pick one, I would say gymnastics because I love to watch it. And my daughter was a gymnast for a while. All right. Favorite sports team then? I would have to say Team USA. There you go. Uh, Favorite gift you've ever received? Uh, That is a book from my grandparents when I was eight years old and I had surgery and they gave me this book to read and it was called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made and it changed the way I looked at the human body. Wow. Favorite gift you've ever given? My mom's engagement ring to my son at his engagement. Hmm. Favorite word? Uh, twirly who, and it's just a fun word to say. And it's what my daughter used to call the twist tie on bread. Least favorite word. Whatever, because it's just a refusal to engage. Favorite book of the Bible. 
this is a strange one, but it's Lamentations because I think it doesn't get enough attention and it's really deep. Mm. Least uh, favorite book outside of scripture? I'd probably say Pilgrim's Progress. Favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate. Favorite candy? Mm, Anything really dark chocolate. Favorite Bible verse? Uh, right now, I would say it's Proverbs 25, which is kind of our verse at Connection Point. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Mm, favorite, uh, if you had any superpower, what superpower would you choose? Mm, time travel. Favorite animal? I have a weird fascination with alpacas. All right. Well, that wraps up our time together. So thanks so much for being with us on 1514 today. Thanks, Curtis. It was great to spend the day with you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.